0: Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura.
1: All right, let's do it live on a Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. Merely, Bo, the great Z. How you doing, buddy?
2: I'm doing well, man. Doing well.
1: Good weekend. How about yourself? Yeah, I was... uh...
2: Looks Sun's like out. Busy.
1: Sun's <laughs> very busy. Sun, sun is out. So that's a positive. Um, I I think we had it right when we said that winter's over. Now this, now we're in for it. Now we're going to have the start of spring. We may get one more snow here or there, but that's a big win. Um, finished out the, uh, the youth hoops in the uh, we're done. So the travel basketball is over um, a bittersweet one. The, the last time I will coach NBC. I so know. from here on out, it's paid. So um, paid, paid coaches. So, that was a that was a that was tough. That was tough. That was a uh, lot of lot of moisture in the eyes in that post game conversation. So, um, but it's a pleasure to be able to do it. And it's funny, I had. I, if you have the chance to coach, it's so great. Or if you have not even just coach, if you have a chance to do anything with your kids, whatever they're into, if you yep. can do it with them and be a part of it, it's the coolest damn thing ever. And the time is invaluable. You never get it back. Um, but I was talking to my uncle about it last night. He he ran a, a youth sports program out in Seattle for years. And he had this thing that he ran like for 20 years, he ran the youth basketball program. And he goes, there's there four type of people who can go. And in this instance, it was hoops, but you could apply this to anything. Um, and he said, coaches, Coaches need to bring a clipboard in their lineups. Officials need to bring a whistle, and they need to administer the rules of the game. The players need to play, and the fans need to cheer and support the kids. And that's it. And if you did that, it'd all be pretty damn good. Unfortunately, they're constantly going back and forth and skewing, and you don't always get that. But I thought, boy, that – the most altruistic view of what U-sports could be. I thought that's pretty damn good say, thing. to say, it's a, a pretty far cry from what it turns out to be. Quite a ways, quite a ways, to say the least. But, uh, no, it was, it was solid. And, and now, here we are, buddy, Combine Week. You and I will be making the voyage here shortly.
2: Yeah, and Gibbe and Uno and Griffer are en route right now. What are they doing right now? What's probably, that like? Uh, who knows?
1: They're listening probably. to this. But, I mean, where, how far on the voyage – what type I of I think yolk? they left at noon, so Oh they're definitely yeah, I mean they're not even to Mansfield. No. Yeah. On so the way they're, to Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. So they're Gibby's driving. Who's shotgun? Uno or Ocho. My guess is Griff. Griff's Griff's running in the in the well, I mean, if you can bowl, you can ride shotgun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's so, right. So he's there. Is it just the three of them?
2: I think so. That's
1: what says Fantastic. in the uh that's what it says in the rundown. It does say they're in route. Yeah. It says they are in route as opposed to EN. Yes.
2: <laughs> in, in like as if they were in the middle of a route. And they're in route the combine. <laughs> that's all right. Listen, they're 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 they have their eyes on the road.
1: They do. Yes, they do. And so they are they are in route to the combine. All right, Griff is shotgun is correct. It says they're almost to Dayton. Oh, so they left well before noon. They left well before noon, because that's two-plus hours into it. That's two-and-a-half into a five.
2: Yeah. Is it five? 4.45 from my house, according to the Google Maps. Full day. Full day. Oh, that's a long one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a haul. Do you think um, a lot of stories today coming out of the Combine in terms of who's not going to do things. So um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is not going to do anything. Not only is he not going to do anything – This week in Indy, he's not doing anything, period. He's going to go over there, meet with teams. He's not doing a pro day. He's not going to do a pro day? No. He's going to prepare for his rookie season in the NFL. He says, my tape's my tape. I'm good. Okay. I've never seen anybody do that.
2: Uh, Me neither. I mean, I get it on one level, but I, I would think you'd still want to do a pro day in your own environment and not even, just to put like, His tape is his tape, and he is, I think, clearly the best receiver coming out and going to be most likely a gold jacket like his dad. But you'd th- you think you want to at least put a number out there, like out of 40. I guess not. <laughs> to me, it says, why would you be afraid to run a 40?
1: Well, there's some people would go that way. The opposite would be, has any, was there anything you saw on tape that leads you to believe that I need to? It's just, it's a one of one issue. There aren't, like, Miles could have done it. There's a few guys who just are, like, physically have all of the things that they could do it. Right. But then, so what would you be
2: as a 21 or two year old or however old, is he, what, 20, 21?
1: He played three years at Ohio State. So he's 21. Yeah, something like that. 2021. Yeah.
2: Run for 40 yards. Yeah. You're the best. What's the big deal? I don't know. We're not even asking for five seconds of your time
1: no less than
2: yeah yeah so he's not doing anything um i don't think it'll hurt him but i think it's a i think it's a, it, it would for if it would just be like there are no red flags on his tape but it feels like just why wouldn't you do it
1: i guess maybe the counter to that would be from and he doesn't have an agent either now like, who who his like, dad Jam- is is a big part of it, obviously. Like if did, his dad's not his dad. Did Jamar Chase, when Jamar Chase came out, was he coming off of an injury? He didn't play that year, remember? Yeah, but did he, he run? Did he do a pro day? I can't even recall. I assume. I would assume, right? He would have had he's not the best though just because he sat out his last season of college football. I'm trying to think who was the most
2: dominant who went super early recently.
1: Well, you could even use Miles. Like, Miles didn't really need to do anything. No. he was. He was I'm not known. even asking him to do anything. I just think you run a 40. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, he says he's not even, so apparently he's not even training for any of it. He's viewing, so the, the story Albert Breer had this morning is that he is using this offseason like, like it was a college football or NFL offseason. So, he's not training at all right now. Because he's not worried about the combine, he's not worried about his pro day. He's not training to run fast. He's getting his body right for his rookie season in the NFL. That's the story. What's what's he's wrong a, with his body? He, nothing. I, he just doesn't want to train for the combine, and he thinks it's smarter to instead train for his his rookie season in the NFL. I mean, I guess. It shouldn't Here's hurt the him. question. I think. For, for, but kind of, it's, I could it's see it's the unique entirely to him.
2: I could see the league, though, being like, we should drop this kid down a little bit because we don't want this to become the
1: norm. Well, who's, but d- d- drop him at your own risk. Like, if he's sitting there in your Arizona, are you going to take the kid from LSU instead? Because Mar- are you going to risk that? That's what you're risking. I don't know, but it feels like to
2: me, if I'm Marvin Harrison Jr., why would I even risk this being a conversation? Just run a 40. I don't
1: know. Him and his dad obviously feel that. It's worth it, I guess. I don't know. Not inside his head, but I, we've never had anybody do this.
2: It just seems to me, it's like, like I said, we're not even asking for five seconds of your time.
1: Yeah, but I guess to, to, to just to reiterate, his counter to that is I'm not going to train to run my fastest 40 because I don't need to.
2: Then show me what you're going to do in a game. If you're, if you're showing me your game speed, let me see your game speed. If yeah. that's what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Well, they're not going to do any of it. So, so he's not doing any of it. He's going to go over there and meet with teams. Caleb Williams isn't doing anything over there. He's just meeting with teams. And Jaden Daniels is doing the same. The kid from uh from LSU. So they're not doing they're not doing any of the throwing. But they're going to do there. pro days. Uh yeah, I'm sure that they'll do a yeah, pro Yeah, ha- as a thrower you have to, for yeah, sure. You've got I to mean, do a pro yeah, day. quarterbacks not doing stuff at the combine is nothing. That's nothing new. I just wonder if we're getting to a point where at the topest at the very highest level of a prospect, is it to the point where there's a diminishing return on going to the combine? And some of this comes off of what happened to C.J. Stroud last year with that test. Now he only dropped to two, but that's all we talked about was his testing last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean combine. that
2: did cost him. People wanted to take Bryce Young. No, but he lot. went through a lot. Yeah,
1: and know, I think
2: he's fine now. And that's one of those things. A lot of the stuff that you hear about at the combine, like nobody's talking about Jared Goff's hands.
1: No, no.
2: It's it's that's part of the the combine. I think there are certain things that you want to, as a receiver, as a running back, like part of your tape is your tape, but then also understanding the athletic components that go into your tape. I think is somewhat important. I just don't know why you wouldn't want. I like it. It, it kind of it boggles my mind, honestly, why you wouldn't want to just be like, all right, I know. I'm a good athlete. I know I'm going to run a good forty. Just run it. Yeah, I don't know. And yeah. maybe he's, it just it makes you wonder as somebody who's going to draft him, like, is he afraid he's going to run a four six? Is he afraid he's going to run, you know, a high four five and not be what maybe
1: he appears to be on tape? Like, what would the number need to be for you to be scared to take him?
2: I don't know. If he ran a four six, I feel like that would it'd be an eye opener.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. There are a lot of people
2: that dominate in college that don't dominate in the NFL. I'm pretty confident Marvin Harrison will not be on that list. Right. But there is precedent for it. It's guys that typically are a little bit bigger or slower. Not that he's big or slow, but
1: yeah. It just seems it just now weird. he did participate in pro day last year, and was and blew him away. He did pro day last year at Ohio State
2: he did a pro day last year so he has a 40 time on run. there's a
1: there is a there's a pro day now i don't know if it ever went public i can't remember even looking for it but he participated fully in the pro day last year, uh last year that CJ Stroud participated in ohio state he ran the routes he ran the rats but so he might not have run a 40 i don't know if he did or not yeah i can't recall right. that but it's it. we'll see we'll see i mean they, he's got the ultimate he's a like i said he's a one of one who could do it in that the lineage his dad's experience and who he is as a prospect and everything that he has on tape, and also I think Ohio State's pedigree of putting in receivers in the league in the last five six years since heartline has been there, all of those factors totally are totally finite. There's there aren't many other circumstances where all of those things would line up. Yeah,
2: it just it's it, to me it's just more like I wouldn't if. I don't even to your earlier question when you're like what's the number that you would run that you'd even have that much pause I mean he'd have to be in the high the 46s or 47s but he's not going to be so no. to me it's just like I had no reservations and about the fact that Marvin Harrison Jr was going to be a top you know 3 or 4 definitely a top 5 pick whenever quarterbacks are not being taken anymore he's yeah going to be the first, you know, certainly offensive player taken. So, like, why give anybody even a second of pause about that?
1: Well, the other thing could be, does his dad have enough connections in the league where he can say, Arizona, are you picking him at three? And they're like, yeah, we're good. We're going him at three. Yeah, that's fine. That could be it, too. That we don't need to see you to do anything. We'll, we're We're going at three there. That's where we're going. Yeah, so, that's possible. He's been mocked there. Always. Yeah. 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 So. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But that, so that, so that, and then the quarterback's not throwing, those are kind of like the headlines of the day coming out of the combine. Um,
2: I do think to your point, it is more important for guys who are trying to go from being a day three pick to a day yes. two pick. I think that, and, and you know, you're sifting through, you know, those portions of your board. I think the top of the top or the top of the top and, and, You know, the interviews are probably going to be important. You know, the medical stuff's obviously Mm -hmm. important. That's why you need the combine more than anything. Um, I've always thought, watch them play football. I mean, (laughs) sometimes it's that easy. The best way to figure out how they're going to do playing football rather than running around in spandex. But I do think there are just some basic numbers that you're able to then compare people across not only this year, but across history and see what their athletic profile projects them to be in addition to the tape. And so when you can have like the tape confirmation plus the profile confirmation, you're like, okay, this feels because at the end of the day, drafting is to get the best players with the lowest percentage chance that they will not be what you thought they were. Yes. You know, and so he's leaving a big gray area. Even though, look, he's Marvin Harrison Jr. It's in his blood. All of those things, but that doesn't necessarily. Now, what you saw at Ohio State was a guy that was the best receiver in the country. So you feel good, yeah, about yeah. Like it.
1: Jerry Rice's kid plays at USC. He's not going third overall. So it's not just no Michael the- Jordan's kids, right? You're right. Yeah, Bronny's averaging five a game at USC. It's it's the combination of that. I I and- don't even think the dad profile matters much in terms of. I mean, obviously, it helped with his athleticism and all of that. But I think that's more about, hey, this is football, and I can help you with that off field. I'm not talking about on the field. Like, his tape is his tape. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things
2: where, like, we knew a year ago that he was going to be the first receiver in this draft.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to see if there was any – if at any point he ran it. It doesn't look like it. I was trying to see. So, he told the athletic – This was in October of this year this last year that he told the Athletic he plans to run somewhere in the high four three range in the forty at the combine.
2: So he was planning to run it in October.
1: In high school he ran a four four six.
2: Yeah, so like that to me there's just no point in that. Like it's gonna be he is going he would one hundred percent run a number that would be totally
1: fine. NFL draft buzz has him at four three nine. Right. Where that was. So that's that's humming. It's all right. Yeah. It's so interesting. This, this look this for us without a first round pick. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, you're There's... going. to –
2: I think what we're going to the combine, to learn. Right. Again, projecting in who's going to be available in the back half of the second round of the NFL draft is silliness.
0: Yeah.
2: So. You're going there. We have a lot of work to do in free agency. We have a lot of work to do in maybe salary restructuring, and so you're hoping to maybe learn something there. And then really the stuff you're looking at is much more from a league standpoint. You know, how are the quarterbacks going to go? What's kind of the top ten look like? And then what's happening with Justin Fields? What's happening with Kirk Cousins? What's happening with some of the big dominoes that are going to fall that are going to make up like some of the big headlines of this offseason? That's really for sure. That's really it. That's what this is about. From a Brown standpoint, I think you're much more concerned about what's going to happen between now and the end of. You're much more concerned about what's going to happen between now and into the second week, middle of March, when free agency opens, than you are what's happening at the end of April. Oh gosh, yeah. And the combine yeah. is obviously for draft prospects who won't be drafted until the end of April. So you're there from a Brown standpoint to learn what we can, and we'll hear from Andrew Berry tomorrow, and you know we'll talk to Andrew Berry tomorrow, kind of where he's at. He's not going to give us specifics, but where should we expect some contracts to get done with pending free agents? Should we expect mm-hmm. you know some restructures to be done prior to the start of the league year? What discussions are you having? What positions are you prioritizing? What it's much more about free. The draft is going to be once they run their free agent plan through. That's when we're going to kind of see what you know holes still need to be filled in in the draft.
1: Yeah, and so you know we'll have draft guys on over there, and and we'll talk about you know could we be a team that is you know will, will we is, are we going to talk receivers? Are we going to talk uh, running backs? Defensive gonna, tackles, defensive yeah. tackles, like. But honestly, like they're going to be throwing. They're throwing stuff at the wall, man. Totally. So when, you, when you're waiting that far in, it's really hard to try to circle where your thoughts are. It's more, much more in terms of getting a feel about what's happening in the league. And, and one thing that – the best example of this I can give you guys is, is the year that Kyler went where he went. Yeah. Um, because going into that, all of the thinking was that Cliff Kingsbury was hired for Josh Rosen to make him better, for him to reach his potential. And when you got to the Combine, we were there um, 10 minutes in the morning – yeah, and it was like, they're drafting Kyler Murray. I mean, and there just, wasn't a lot of talk about that before.
2: No, it was automatic, just like the one we went to, and it was like a done deal that the Giants were drafting uh, Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes, you just, yeah. You just hear things, and you it becomes kind of apparent what's what's going to happen there.
1: Yeah, know. you've got – you're hit at the other – the other thing is the, the receivers or the quarterback situation in the league is going to get sorted out. Like how quickly is a is the framework for a Justin Fields deal done? Yep. What happens with Cousins and what happens with Russell Wilson? Those yep. things are those things are gonna get sorted out. Yeah, that's really that's what it's about. That's the job. Yep. That's it. Is there you know, it's funny with all this cousins talk and I saw him throwing today on the social that he was back kind of doing his drops and throwing. Yep. Like can Quasey really not bring him back? With those two receivers?
2: I don't know. They're good receivers. It's it's it feels like it, but they must not. Do they just not feel like they're in the realm of where they need to be? That's what I understand.
1: Right. But I agree with you. Like, uh, you know, with a healthy cousins, are they a contender in the NFC? Probably not. But they're a playoff team. I would with, think so. With these healthy. They're certainly a, they have a healthy Justin Jefferson and. Yeah, I mean that and Addison. Addison, yeah. you can go. So yeah, like if they punt on Cousins, then that that's kind of a rebuild because there's nobody on their roster that's ready to go. So then they become in the quarterback market, whether via draft or trade, right? So then what do you become? And if and in doing so, then do you alienate the best player on your roster in Justin? Well, right, Jefferson? and
2: Justin Jefferson very much said he wants to know what they're doing. At the combine.
1: So that, that's like Beams, Bootsy's uh, NFL team is the Vikings. And so he must have saw something on the bottom line on Saturday, his NFC team, yeah. that um, that Jefferson was in some sort of trade rumor. quickly debunked. But he was like in panic about how he's going to have to give up, get rid of his Justin Jefferson jersey because uh, he's going to be Tell
2: me he's got he to wear them, then they become throwbacks. So we don't pick <laughs> – we have picks. We only have two picks in the top 100 this year, 54-85 – and then not again till 134. So we have a second, a third, two fifths, two sixths, and a seventh.
1: That's going to be a fun day one draft show for you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and day two, we just have 54 and 85. Now maybe we'll get some compensatory picks when those are handed out. Yeah. It's um, a long wait, brother. Yeah. It's a very long wait. Yeah. it's. I'll tell you what. It's an interest, like you said, it's interesting from our standpoint, but at the, really it's more interesting from the league, right? Like Far said, more from the league. What do the For Vikings us, do? What are the, what are the Raiders doing at quarterback? What are Falcons, is Jimmy Garoppolo Steelers, playing against? Steelers, Steelers
1: could against. affect us directly. That'd be the most direct impact if they make a move at quarterback.
2: They're not. Good. Justin Fields is not going to the Steelers. I trust Ocho Cinco.
1: <laughs> he had it sorted out? Yeah, he said he's going to Atlanta. That's, that's what seemed to be what the people out in the desert think, too. So that would be that's where we always felt like you should go anyway. The question is just going to be the compensation on Let that. Let me tell
2: you something. When that happens, we will have basically caused two things to happen in the NFL landscape that are major. One, Justin Fields to Atlanta. We were the first people talking about that mm-hmm. that's on right. the planet. And then our body bagging of Peter King's all-40 team or whatever the heck that debacle was. He's retire. caused them to retire. He's realized, he's like, you know what? They were right.
1: They were right. This I is
2: terrible. <laughs> I'm, I've lost it. I'm hanging them up. <laughs>
1: uh, I think so there's the, something to that. I think that, that article like, was, was such probably an embarrassment that he, yes. And I think
2: there are people who are like, dude, dude, what you're, are you doing? It's over. It's done. You're done. You have lost
1: it. Um, I'll do a, I'll give you a quick story time for you here. Since uh, the, our pr- producing crew is en route. Um, Two thousand five, February two thousand five. It was my third Super Bowl that I had covered, and it was in Jacksonville. And I was in my mid-twenties at the time. And in those days, if you didn't cover the NFL, it was like paratrooping into foreign ground, foreign land. Like I was in a small market in Florida in Tallahassee. The only reason we went to the Super Bowls is because we were owned by the Phipps family and and it was important to them that, which is it, as a guy who spent time in Atlanta, I remember yeah. seeing that name it's all over Plaza. the place.
0: You know, yeah.
1: So they all of that. There was a one point they said you could drive from Tallahassee to Atlanta all on their land, like that's how big of a deal they were. Wow. So they owned the station I was at in Tallahassee, and so we would go to every Super Bowl. We go to the Masters every year, like that was something that we did. And so um, I we'd go we would go to the Super Bowl we had no business to. Now this one was in Jacksonville, so it made sense at least a little bit. We would go cover it. So you you pop up into into Jacksonville and I was there that week and again stranger in a strange land I'm not covering a team not anything it was a very closed network too and at that time the writers ran things mm-hmm. writers ran media the mm-hmm. the columnists in the big state big towns yeah, yeah. they ran it the rest of us were just hoping for the best we could at that point it's obviously flipped in the last 20 years but that's the way it was then and that Saturday morning was the in-person hall the Saturday morning before the Super Bowl is the in-person Hall of Fame Vote. Okay. He used to do it the Saturday before the Super Bowl on Sunday. And going in that class, among those going in in that class, was Dan Marino. So, at that time, in the state of Florida, the entire state was a dolphin state. The Jaguars had just come in. The Buccaneers, for most of their time, were largely irrelevant. Now, they had won a Super Bowl at that point, so they had a little bit of juice, but they were still, they weren't, Florida was a dolphin state. Yep. Totally. The whole thing, and Marino I know was from
2: Florida. Was Dolphin fan, Marino fan? Oh, always, yeah.
1: And it was always Marino. He was the guy. So he was going in. So one of the guys that was on that panel was a guy named Edwin Pope, who's a longtime columnist for the Miami Herald. So all of the local like media trying to figure out if Marino got into the hall were waiting to, and we knew that Pope was presenting Marino. So as as the doors kind of came open and the, the electors came out, most of the people from Florida ran to Pope to get his thoughts on it. Cause Dan was nowhere to be found. Of course, you know, he's not involved in it. He, he's around, but right. he, he wasn't till the next day. So I went to Peter King because I read him in sports illustrated from the time I was a kid. I had read Monday morning quarterback every Monday. Um, and I enjoyed his work and he was my window into the NFL. So I went yep. to Peter King. He could not have been kinder. Like he could have been a, a punk. I, I'm a young kid. Total could have been. A, he was not. He was the most gracious guy ever. Uh, I actually ended up doing like a one-on-one with him That for like he's three years. he great minutes. every time we had him on. I tease every him about time. the
2: 40 yeah. thing, but he's, right. he is definitely a The nicest nice guy. guy ever. Yeah, for sure.
1: And like you think of like uh, to me like him, Ernie Johnson, there's mm-hmm. very few people that I've met that are like that type of national level who are the best people ever, and he was the best dude ever. And I do wonder like that job of national sp- NFL, forget even NFL, national sports writer. He wasn't a pundit. He wasn't a sports news breaker anymore. Mm. He was a writer. Yeah, that's almost extinct.
2: Yeah, it, it probably like is Breer, in large part with uh, still does it. Yeah, but Breer's not not,
1: not to Peter that. King, not ten thousand words a Monday, and the
2: access to go like have Andy Reid be like, yeah, come watch film with me of the Super Bowl.
1: Right. Well, he's at Tom Brady's house in Montana. Remember when he was on with us the yeah. last time I asked him about that. Yeah. Right. The Monday after the Super Bowl, the Tuesday after the Super Bowl, he's in Montana with Tom Brady. Yeah. That access like that. I don't think I don't think any of that will ever happen again. And the other part of it, too, pal, is this. In the in those days, in the 90s, and, and obviously he's he covered 40 some Super Bowls. So in the probably 30 of the 40 years that he covered the league, he was the conduit to the players message to the fans. Yeah. They don't need it anymore. No. They just no. go directly to him.
2: Yeah, the people like him and and even John McClane, like it's just mm-hmm. that's that's a it's uh, it's a bygone era.
1: It is, yeah, yeah. Guess who else was in that class?
2: Two thousand five. Yep. I have no idea.
1: He got a big monkey off his back. Ugh. <laughs> exactly. He, some, he just retold the story to Kevin Clark, of uh, who I think's at ESPN now, about how when people were saying Joe Who at the Super Bowl party, he was hooked up to IVs. Actually, I read it. No, it was in Peter King. Retold the story today. He was hooked up to IVs after they beat the Chargers. He's like, man, I threw six touchdowns at the Super Bowl. I'd never done that in my life. And and some people in like his Super Bowl party fr- family and friends and stuff were going like Joe Who, and he yelled, stop it. None of that. We'll have none of that here. So maybe that ingratiates him a little bit to you.
2: That's helpful. It's just the fact that the people that were closest to him felt that based on everything <laughs> he'd said in private, that that would be an appropriate thing to do at the moment says everything you need, to know. All
1: you need to know right there. I thought if there was a way for you to bring that back home, you could.
2: I mean, it's, it's obvious to me, this is something that had been discussed and they do it in the fun in the darkness, but now out in the light, he was like trying to use that to his, come on, come on. See
1: right come through on, it. Yeah. See right. Shame, through your Shame
2: on you, Steve Young shame i'm gonna put a note in his locker shame disgruntled you disgruntled very very disgruntled
3: yeah Yeah. very disgruntled
1: by the way i really enjoyed the episode i thought it was great
3: it was the last two good as last
2: week but it was
1: it was great it was very strong i don't know how you could have beef with it um i didn't i thought the willie geist stuff was forced he must really like willie geist and so he must watch like morning joe I thought that was a little forced. I didn't understand, yeah. like, why Willie would care about going to the club. I mean, that just seemed, like, nonsensical to me.
2: Well, right, that, like, the story – okay. The fact that, like, the story, which was really to be about Larry who broke the election law in Georgia and how he'd become this, like, cult hero, and he's like, actually, I think the real juicy story here is about disgruntled. Like, a uh, uh... – a snob at a country club is unhappy with the, how the that's not a story for In any, for anybody. That anybody cares about no now it's hilarious and no. it was very very funny the other thing like that waitress was so that waitress was so rude to him initially so out of line. that would never happen
1: never never no at a, at a at a country club for a for a waiter or waitress a golf assistant golf pro to just to eat Takahashi God. if he owns it or whatever, like he would not admonish somebody in public. No, or the chef, the chef would be yeah, like, The chef, no, the chef. <laughs>
2: Larry's like, Look at the egg. That part was funny. And then the, uh, the like the I'm Spartacus part was incredible. Yeah, yeah. By but the way, it's sad. I, I don't like that they clearly are shooting somewhere else. Like that's not the same dining room or clubhouse. Remember, it used to be elevated, overlooking like the first. Team? You're right. So they've had to obviously they're out or wherever they were shooting at.
1: I thought he always did it at Riviera.
2: I thought so too, and it was a. But this is clearly not those grounds.
1: No, this is different grounds, or it's another side of it. Maybe they're showing a different.
2: It looks to me know. like
1: this is there at like a at a like
2: where the guy came up to yell at him about the pancakes. That looked like a, the range in a public a
1: muni course. Yeah. Maybe Rivey said we can't have it anymore. Sad. Yeah, would be. Those are your hot topics of the day presented by Vivid Seats, an official fan experience partner of your Cleveland Browns. We continue our position-by-position review, uh, and we are in the cornerback room. Quite frankly, one of the best in all of the National Football League. We get into that coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN (laughs) Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: And Bo here for my team at Renew Home Exteriors. Now we're introducing new Ascend Composite Clad Siding, featuring a beautiful deep grain look, 20 available colors. Keep that just installed look for a lifetime with this low-maintenance siding. Plus, with Renew's price match guarantee, you can be assured that you receive the best price for your exterior project, even after you buy renew home exterior superior products and superior service visit them at renew com. i assure you they will take care of you they are the best in the business time for our position review we are in the cornerback room let's have a listen
0: yeah um i texted cam and mj before the game i was like hey let's go that's all that's all that was needs to be said and um Honestly, like I just told him, man, Ward being out there and him
1: trying to get back out there at practice and wasn't able to go, it it was motivating for us. Um, I don't think we've been playing our best ball with him out, so um, it was definitely motivating for us to get out there and uh, compete. First
3: and ten. Lawrence back to pass. He throws for Ridley, and it's picked off. They missed the throw, and it's at the ten. M.J. Emerson's got it again. And Joku's got two catches for touchdowns. M.J. Emerson has two picks. And boy, was that needed, Jim, oh, because baby. you could feel the
2: momentum getting away from the Browns. MJ Emerson, a star is
0: born, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, December ball, man, it's very important. Just getting ready for the playoffs, keep building. Honestly, uh, good game today, one know? but honestly, we, on to the next. You know, the game is over now. You know, we're going to celebrate. You know, we're going to enjoy it. But Purdy the shotgun
3: middle of the field garrett coming off the edge purdy throws over the middle it's intercepted emerson has it midfield emerson at the 40. niners territory there's the turnover brock purdy's first interception this season and mj emerson's
2: first interception of his career as a cleveland brown he has been so close
3: and the browns get the big turnover they need andrew on a 13-yard return into Niners territory. Yeah, I mean, we just
2: gotta—we uh, don't have to do nothing out of the ordinary. Just be us. Like, uh, like I said, we put a lot of great tape out there on film. Uh, we got the ability to to be elite, elite defense in this league, and uh, we just gotta play to who we are. Gotta play fast. Gotta play with that swag out there and uh, play complimentary ball. So I think we'll get back to who we are and um, help our offense, Hill special
3: teams, to help this team win. Clayton Toon in the shotgun. Keontae Ingram off his right hand. hip. Tune back to throw for the Cardinals from his 32. Pass up the right seam. Intercepted the 50-yard line. Ward comes up with it. Denzel Ward, his second pick of the season. And he gets the ball for the Browns at midfield. Jackson out of the shotgun. Three receivers left. Takes the snap, drops back to pass, throws to his right, and it's intercepted. It's Mike Ford inside the numbers to the 45. He sits down at the logo at the 48-yard line. Mike Ford
2: filling in for Denzel Ward. And that is his first career yep. interception.
3: Clock winds under eight and a half to play here in the fourth quarter. Jackson adjusts his wristbands as he settles into the shotgun. Takes the snap. Looks to his right. Ball is swatted high in the air. And it is intercepted by the Browns. Greg Newsome along the sidelines into the end zone. Touchdown Cleveland. 33 yards <laughs> off the deflection at the line of scrimmage. No penalty flags.
1: It's been, It's an incredible room. And an incredible season, Z. Yeah, this is
2: this is certainly one of the strengths of of the Cleveland Browns. And you think about the fact that your top four corners from a year ago all will be back. Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, MJ Emerson, Cam Mitchell, Khalif Halasi, who I think showed you some things as an undrafted free agent rookie. So you're in a good spot right there. You got a free agent in Mike Ford who was you know, we heard a call right there from Tom McCarthy of his interception against the Baltimore Ravens, but really was better known for his special teams prowess. Um, but yeah, this room was electric. Denzel, a Pro Bowler, honestly, MJ Emerson should have been a Pro Bowler. He should have four picks. 14 passes defense. He was number one in the NFL in quarterback rating against. He was top two in completion percentage allowed, and he was one of six guys that didn't allow a touchdown all year. I mean, MJ Emerson had as good of a season. Now, it's one of those things getting his name recognized. And Mm -hmm. I think that if he does it again, he'll have an opportunity. But, you know, you think about Cam Mitchell. You don't beat the Bears without Cam Mitchell's play on a fourth down. Greg Newsom ended the season with two picks, one of them that big pick six. We don't beat Baltimore without that. MJ, two picks against Jacksonville. We don't beat Jacksonville without that. Mike Ford playing the game that he played against the Ravens. We don't beat the Ravens without that. So it was a group that really played big roles and notable wins this year and and really it it's the strength of the team i mean you really should have had two pro bowlers uh yeah. and and greg newsom when greg was out there with denzel and mj i think he was very very good he had a couple of tough games there where he kind of got Taken, uh, they attacked him. Certainly, coming back to the the Denver game comes to mind. But I thought Greg Newsom took a nice stride forward. 14 passes, defense, the career high for him. Two interceptions, career high for him. Played well in the run game. Four tackles for a loss. So this is, yeah, this is a very very good group. They've got two young guys already in the room for the future. This is this is a room that I, my guess is you bring Mike Ford back and you just run it back. Like I, I don't even think you need to make yeah. any additions here.
1: No, this yeah and I, I think the this was something we talked about last year a lot with the hire of Jim Schwartz that this his style of defense and the his the the, the way that he wants to go at it fit our talent on the back end it just yes. fit it um and and there's they benefited the most from it and I, I think Denzel Ward uh, maybe Ben and obviously Emerson was incredible but I think Denzel he, there was a swagger to him. That that was maybe missing in the previous year. He was fully formed this season in in terms of what he was capable of. And honestly, like if he doesn't miss a couple of games again, you're probably talking about he's got a chance at being an all pro guy um, based on the season. Just missed a couple games. But like you saw a you saw another level of of Denzel Ward this year.
2: Yeah, you most certainly did, Denzel. And as you often say, the best mirror corner in the NFL. His ability to to be there on top of routes, to stick with the defender or stick with the receivers is it's unparalleled. And that's what makes yeah. him so good. You've got MJ with his body type, his length, and his instincts. Yeah. You know, you go back to the Seattle game when he got. Beaten on an out, and it was just a short out, but beaten by DK Metcalf, and they tried to go right back the same look, same route, and he saw, it, recognized it, jumped it for an interception. So it, 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 yeah, just a tremendous, tremendous room. Now the hard part is, and I think they do have some succession planning, is it's going to be very difficult to pay Dens. You you won't, you can probably pay two of the three. You won't be mm-hmm. able to pay all three. And so that's where the Browns are going to have to make some tough moves. I can tell you they're very, very high on Cam Mitchell, though, as becoming, you know, the nickel of the future should they have to make a tough decision in that room. But, you know, you love Greg Newsome. You love the way that he's embraced Cleveland. You love the way that he's played for this organization, uh, the first rounder out of Northwestern. And then MJ's really, and you got to tip your cap to Andrew Barry, no first round pick. He gets MJ Emerson with his first pick one year. He gets Dewan Jones another year in the fourth round. I mean, he's gotten you first-round talent in both of those drafts. Yeah.
1: It's pretty incredible. He has. And MJ, you could see it coming. Yeah. yeah. You know, in the previous year. And then this was just fully formed. This was just – it's dominance. And the other thing that was that I think is really cool about this room is they – their body types are different. Their attitudes are different. But they all fit. Yep. It all fits. So – you know when you have a situation where you've got Cincinnati and you've got, you know, they tagged T. Higgins, made it official, and Zach Taylor's saying today, you know, he's he we want him, but he, we expect him to be back and be part of our terms, our, our plans long term. I don't know how, but they that's what the way they're talking down there. Um, so now Emerson can go with him, Ward can travel with Jamar, and it all kind of works. Yep. Jamar goes in the slot, Newsom's there, like it it all fits, and it's it's just a really. It's a really well put together room, honestly. And when it comes time to move off of, you know, probably as we're talking now, could it be Greg? Who knows? But like whenever that time comes, you have full confidence that at this position, Andrew Barry has got it locked in. He's dialed in on what he sees at this position.
2: And you feel good, right, about your ability to draft and replace if you have to do it in that fashion. I mean, I think, you know, Greg Newsom, automatic fifth year option. You pick that up. For sure. There's no question about it, and so you've got a couple more seasons with him, and, and you're in a great spot, I think, with this Cleveland Browns team. You know, one of the questions on our on our little rundown here is – The big
1: questions from Uno.
2: Big questions for Uno. The third one is, when's the appropriate time to talk to Centrum Jamerson? Well, you can't talk about it till after their third season, so in a year from now. So that one's easy. little Uno he's out there he's uh, he's just saying let's just do it now I'm with you Uno I wish we could
1: wish we could buddy
2: but at the same time I'd also like to keep him given some of the things we're dealing with I'd like to keep him on his third round pick salary for two years
1: yeah we'd rather do that um his his top question here is who took the bigger leap in 2023 that's clearly MJ who yeah
0: there's no doubt MJ Denzel was already
1: established there was no leap that needed to be taken he just took it he just elevated his game up he led,
2: right, and Denzel had a great season, but he's had great seasons before. This mm-hmm. is his you know, third time as a Pro Bowler. MJ Emerson led this room in tackles, led this room in passes defense, led this room in interceptions, led this room in quarterback rating allowed, led this room in completion percentage allowed, led this room in touchdowns allowed. I mean, bingo bongo. What do you want?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, he also wants to know, what's the biggest surprise from this room this season? It has to be Cam, right?
2: Yeah, I think Cam Mitchell, and it wasn't really a surprise if you talk to the coaches. Uh, yeah. Brandon Lynch was... Big Cam Mitchell fan. And so, you know, his ability to step in when he needed to and really look good. I mean, dropped the pick six against Seattle, but you know what? He put himself in position to get it and then made the huge play against the Bears. Uh, Cam Mitchell, I think, looks like a guy who will be a starting slot in the league for quite some time.
1: Is this the best cornerback room in the NFL?
2: Yeah, I think so. I can't think of my head of one that's got – three this good
1: there's i mean the dolphins group when healthy is pretty good
2: and they're getting rid of Xavier howard though that's so true, that's
1: true so they won't be
2: and he fell off a little bit this year i mean you could say the chiefs yeah the chiefs were really good you're on a short list though yeah 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 you're top certainly top five in the league and i think that there's a, a reasonable case to be made that you're number one
1: my gosh, it's the first time I've heard Asa Bark in a long time and that I was a, that was a constant in COVID. COVID, yeah. She's always keeping her n- nose to the grindstone, making oh, sure things see, were on the can, up and up. Let me see if I can get you uh, get her on. She, there she is. I see is. her. It's Look at the woody- focus.
2: Look at the focus.
0: Oh,
1: I'm doing.
2: <laughs> Good to have you back, Asa. I made, to have I you made the made the bouillabaisse last night. Oh, gorgeous. Let me tell you something. You know, I'm always tinkering. I'm like. I'm like. Always. Yeah, I'm like a, a, if you're not
1: tinkering, you get bored.
2: A master Mastercraft. Right. So this was the first ever five meat bolognese.
1: Oh, my gosh. Can I guess the meats? Sure. All right. So you're going to have a beef. You're going to have. No beef. OK. So you're going to have a bison. Yes. You're going to have a pork. Yes. A veal.
2: I guess it's four meats. One group is represented twice. Veal, no, beef. no, no veal, no beef. No veal, no beef. Pork twice. I'll give in pork. I'll break. The, I'll give the breakdown. Okay, for so you
1: have. You must have an, a. Do you have a sausage? So the sausage is pork. So both, right two different types of sausage. Yep. There's
2: yeah, one there's type two. of. Uh, so there's from the pork family, which you already got. There is a, a hot Italian sausage. Yep. And there is. I get my dad got gets me every year uh, at christmas a Volpe, a whole pancetta.
3: Oh, I like that. And so
2: I cut them into like inch thick discs basically. Oh, I so like there's that. there's one pancetta in there as well.
1: Okay, so you have you have this hot italian sausage, you have the whole pancetta, you have bison ground you have bison
2: turkey. ground turkey. Do I need one more? You do. This is Actually actually hold on. There are five different meat groups represented because there's beef bone marrow. There's beef marrow bones. Oh my god, beef marrow. Yeah. That's the treat. <sighs> is the, the fifth? Only,
1: is it did you go venison?
2: Lamb. There are two lamb, lamb shoulder blades that are in mm. there for the bones, and that's when I, I first when I first get the pan going, I had yeah. the lamb in there with the marrow bones. I like it. That set the base. Then I did the sausage and the pancetta, the two porks together. Then I did the bison and the turkey. All that. Then it all goes into a bowl. Then we start. Then we get into you know getting into the the good stuff. You know the, the onion, humming. the garlic, the carrot, the little bit of ghee, a little bit of olive oil, the mushrooms, yeah. the wine, all the tomatoes. Now, now you are humming. And then yeah, it's about a three and a half hour process. It is. It's so good, and the reason I mentioned like as soon as Asa smells it, she starts losing her mind <laughs> losing I'll all things she wants
1: to eat she'd oh, like all God. of that yes yeah, all of liked, those meats
2: she liked it all so what i did this time which i had never done before either and it turned out to be a hit is the lamb shoulder bones they get so tender and so i actually took about like 3 quarters of the way i took the lamb shoulder bones out cut all the meat off and then like cubed it up yeah. So that there are little meat buddies in there. Put those back in. And then I put the bones, the bare bones, back in just for flavor while it's bubbling around. And that was really good. And then the marrow, two of them came out just in the sauce. And so we just whipped into the sauce, which is a yep. delight. Two of them stayed in. so when I served uh, mine and Kayla's, I was able to, like, plop out a good, like, oh baby. inch of marrow right on the top of it as just a little, <sighs> how you doing? Boy, what a treat. It's a, decadent, was.
1: it's a decadent Sunday out of you, buddy. It was good. I well, like it, was, it.
2: Arden had just wrapped up her, uh, her fifth show for the Little Mermaid for the Player Players. It was actually really, 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 really well done, like impressively so. So they did two, two, two shows two weekends ago and then three this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so That's it was awesome. Saturday, Sunday, this week, Friday, the first week to take in the shows. And, and she loves the Bolling, so that was like her, her reward for the uh, completing it all great job
1: at least surprising thing ever that, she, that that would go well and she would be very good at, at the role let me tell that.
2: you something the so, girl that was Ariel was great and the the um, she was a senior who was Ursula like I'm this girl should be in a movie like she could be in a movie tomorrow I'm crushed it kill it yeah she's quite talented
1: that's very nice very nice we will uh, we'll go around the NFL have some NFL news coming up next you listen to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet, Bet sports betting partner of Cleveland Browns now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland <laughs>
0: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: And be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join Next Gen STM, presented by Ticketmaster, the official waitlist of your Cleveland Browns. Being a Next Gen STM is the best chance to become a season ticket member in future seasons. Visit ClevelandBrowns.com/slash/NextGenSTM to reserve your spot today. Uh, some NFL news as we get set to head over to India a little bit later this afternoon and broadcast live over there. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we mentioned the Emmanuel Ogba. Uh, release on Friday. Yeah, uh, Xavier Howard, you mentioned a little bit earlier as well, and so look, this is this, what this is going to be here over the next couple of weeks. Is yeah, start yeah, to see this stuff This is the business of the league. It's
2: yeah, teams are clearing out space, getting ready to make moves, and so you're going to see a lot of names kind of hit the uh, hit that wire sooner rather than later.
1: Former Chiefs and uh, Commies Offensive Coordinator Eric Bienemy hired at UCLA as Associate Head Coach and Offensive Coordinator there. He just must not interview worth a damn.
2: It's got to be it because it, it really is wild that this is where he has ended up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very few people who have wet their beak in the NFL assistant coaching world want to go back to college. That's a tough That's, one. Like, everybody's leaving college. They're yeah. le- there's an exodus well, to the NFL. Well, they're, it's it's actually that's one of the like Schefter perpetuated that last week. And it's actually no worse than it was last year. OK, it's, it's, it's kind of the same. Um, but it is something that you're starting to see a lot of that, you know, for the I guess if he's great, he could do like what Monken did. So Monken was great. He landed at Georgia, yep. crushed it and then got right back to the league and has crushed it.
2: Yeah. But here's the problem with what you said. He landed at Georgia. Correct. This is UCLA.
1: Do you know who's the head coach at UCLA now that Chip I, Kelly's the offensive coordinator at Ohio State? I was going to say, I know it's not Chip Kelly, so yeah. no. I have no idea. Deshaun Foster.
2: The running back? That's right. He loved Demetrik Felton. Deshaun did? Yeah, big fan. Yeah. He was the running back coach there.
1: He's been a coach for a while. Well, he was a player there. Yeah, he was really a Really good, good player. player there. Really He's good really player good. there. Um, but that's a tough job. That's That's a really tough job. Um, The NFL also looking to change the kickoff rules again, potentially adopting the XFL rules. I don't even know what those are anymore. What is that? Is that when they stand five yards apart? I'm looking right now.
2: Decades ago, blah, blah, blah. The XFL's kickoff model was discussed at length by the league's competition committee over the weekend. Here's the XFL's kickoff rule compared to the NFL's current kickoff model. XFL, kicker lines up at his 30-yard line with the 10 other members of the kickoff team lining up at the opponent's 35, five yards away from the returning team. The kicker and the returner are the only players who can move until the ball is fielded. Touchbacks are placed at the 35-yard line. So there's really no impact. Right now in the NFL, kicking team lines up its own 35, eight returning members within 15 yards. Double-team blocks are prohibited. Touchbacks are placed at the 25-yard line. Ultimately, the NFL wants to encourage more returns while reducing high-speed collisions. Only 22% of kickoffs were returned in 2023. Not a single kickoff of the 13 in the Super Bowl were returned. The league wants to increase kickoff returns without increasing the concussion rate. Concussions on kickoffs was the reason the NFL recently changed its kickoff model in the first place. So that would look weird, but you might be able to get some returns, which actually might make it kind of fun.
1: Yeah, anything that brings that play back to the game. I'd rather see returns, yeah, 100%. But I don't really care how, but, like, get me some returns again in yep. the game. I mean, that's that's a fun part of the game. So there, let's do it. There are a few things I think you would probably agree that are that a, a stadium will get louder than a kick return touchdown. Oh, my God. Because yeah. you can feel it build.
2: I remember when he Giuseppe ran the kick back in the oh, right. preseason. What Gigi? happened to that guy? It was unbelievable.
1: I wonder what, I what happened to him. him. He
2: didn't make, it. I mean, they just didn't make
1: well, it. Well, I know and he didn't hear, but I wonder what, what, where, doing now? what, what it all happened. Yeah, because he he's was running somewhere quickly. Yeah. Yeah, um, the uh, this was Russell Wilson on the Brandon Marshall I am Athlete podcast. Did you hear the audio of this by chance? I did not. Did you? I have heard it. Yeah, yeah. It's. Does he sound as he's, He sounds so disingenuous. Yeah. Like so. Uh, it's not a lie if you believe it. My own truth is the only truth. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um. I've got more fire than ever, honestly. Especially over the past two years of what I've gone through. For me, it's about winning. Over the next two years, I want to win two Super Bowls. I want to feel the chill of that trophy again. Who the hell talks like that? I love Den the sweet nectar of the end zone. Be in a place that wants me to. The thing I want to do is win. That's all I care about. He was actually pretty good last year, as we You're articulated solid, yeah. last week on the show. Um, but the notion that how delusional that I want to I want to win two Super Bowls in the next five, four years.
2: No, but I mean, if he ends up in Pittsburgh, they're gonna be pretty good. Like he's, yeah, he can be a, a, totally a solid, a solid player.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, all right, coming up next, what in the hell? Who is choosing to fight Cam Newton? We will get to that. Justin yeah. Fields gave his Mount Rushmore of Buckeye players, and would we buy into some of the trades that are being bandied about? Second hour, Cleveland Browns Daily, eight fifty ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Don't miss Billy Joel, Rod Seward together for the first time ever. Friday, September 13th, Cleveland Browns Stadium. Tickets are on sale now. Visit clevelandbrownstadium.com slash Billy and Rod 2024 for more information. Billy and Rod. It's the Billy Joel, Rod Stewart together for one night only. What's the first song? Do they st- is everything Up, a duet? Uptown Girl?
2: You know, a little something with a little movement to it. Gotta go,
1: gotta, yeah, because Rod's gonna be, I feel like I know more Rod Stewart songs than I think. Yes, you but do. But the ones I know are all like soft rock.
2: Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's his genre.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's exactly how that goes. Um, did you see the video of Cam Newton fighting people in the streets? or people trying to fight Cam Newton in the streets? Yeah. Why? What, are we doing? what,
2: what was happening?
0: I <laughs> don't
1: know. Don't know what was happening.
2: I have a lot of questions. <laughs> Wasn't it a youth sports thing?
1: It's what it looked like. Yeah. Remember, he was fighting with those kids who were like campers a couple of years ago. They were yeah. running their mouth to him. Why do people think they can run their mouth to Cam? I
2: don't know what about him gives that vibe off. It, do, it doesn't seem to.
1: Would you say, I think I would, I would say that he is one of the five most impressive specimens I've seen.
2: Yeah, yeah. Professional athlete. Yeah. I, he had such an unceremonious end to his career, which I didn't like. Because, yes, no. I would agree
1: with you. But at his apex, he looked like a defensive end. yeah. There was like a LeBron James thing to him, like when you, if you, and many of you out there have seen LeBron play in person. Like when you see LeBron in person, it defies logic that somebody that big moves that way. Cam was the same.
2: I remember it was 2014, which was my first year on the sideline, and we went and played the Panthers in Carolina, and I was blown away pregame by Cam Newton and Greg Olson. Greg Olson's a Olson. big dude too, tall. Big, 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 big dude. So I was like blown away by both of those guys and Cam especially. Mario Williams, the That's former number one, one overall pick, was a guy that always kind of just shocked me because he was so built and athletic and proportioned. He was just bigger. He was just like a like a. It's like LeBron, different species.
1: Yeah, like you don't see people that look like they're in a six one body. Right, six seven. Exactly. Usually, it feels like it's kind of awkward, and that with for them it's just not. No, it was white, quite, not.
2: quite no. the opposite. No,
1: not at all. Um, Adam Rank with his top players who should be traded this offseason, this according to NFL.com's Adam Rank.
2: Yeah, Adam Rank last year by the way called said the Browns were going to go 6-11, and 11 and 6. He had for a stretch, I think it was like 13 games he picked wrong, like the first 13 games all incorrectly. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Cardiac I mean, kid made him like send him like a cameo <laughs> about how bad he was. It was hilarious. I don't
1: I don't think if you took our two worst weeks together ever picking, we could have missed 13 in a row. No, like if you just took our misses. Yeah. No, never. No, well, we're elite. Come on. What are we doing? Adam? Right? So, well, so that's, that's, so that's Here the we thing. go to this. This is his act, though. This is what you do. You say outrageous things and then we talk about it on the show. Give me scouring. Give and uno and ocho scouring for topics. Uh, Justin Jefferson is number one on his list of athletes who should be traded. Should
2: be? I mean... I think that's the premise of this. I don't think that you make uh, a habit of trading your best young assets.
1: No. I wouldn't wouldn't think so. I would not think so. Um, He said the hall could be amazing. Okay, good luck finding another another Justin Jefferson.
2: Right. I mean, they did a great job training Stephon Diggs and replacing him with Justin Jefferson, but...
1: It just feels to me like you're going to strike. You're going to strike lightning in a bottle twice. No, At some point of you, have to, you have to draft great players and retain them. Otherwise, yes. what are you doing? Are you just a feeder system for everybody else? Well, it just doesn't make sense.
2: Like they could lose potentially if let's say that they trade Jefferson, lose cousins, and then as he says, they can't strike a deal with Daniel Hunter. Well, then what are you doing? Kweisi's not going to be in the job.
1: He'd be fired. Right. Yeah, like they built that stadium, they're not there to they're not doing that. Um, you know, his number 2 on the list is Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I don't know what he's got left. So, it says the yeah, me either. Buffalo could save more than 22 million in cap space with a post-June 1 trade of Diggs.
2: I just don't know what he's what he's capable Who would of. Take I don't him know. On. Right, exactly. I don't know. Brandon Ayuk, number 3. So, uh, there's been so much made about how these, you know, his, he had his like girlfriend, I think, posted on social, like yeah. uh, some, a, a brother maybe, that, you know, maybe he's done with the Niners. Uh, they picked up his fifth year option. He's not yeah. going anywhere. He's not a free agent. That's how this works.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. it's not. People forget like how this works sometimes. <laughs> like,
2: he's under a contract. Do you trade him? Maybe. I mean, he's pretty good.
0: Yeah,
2: he's. I mean, he's really good. I think he could. He's. A, I think he could be a legit number one. You look at the numbers he put up whenever Debo was out last year. I mean, he was pretty good. I think it's wild, you know, that they're complaining about how much or little he was used in the Super Bowl, and the Niners should have won that game. <laughs> like it was yeah. a good offensive game plan.
1: Yeah,
2: and the in fact, the time that you criticized the when they threw like nine straight passes to open the second half. So I
1: don't know. Yeah, yeah. They're and by the way, like they're, they're fine. They don't need to do any of anything right now. Like they, yeah. they're still not having to pay Purdy. Like they're fine, right? Um, Derek Brown on his list, the Panthers defensive tackle.
2: They talk about him being traded all the time. Yeah, you know. So for maybe they trade him, and and I mean he's a good, he's a very good player. Mm-hmm. He would look great on the Browns. I just don't see what would you would you give up to get him.
1: I don't either, and I think when you're a team like carolina who's already given up so much i mean that that one actually makes some sense like if you, yeah right they're trying to recoup picks, some of the picks yeah you could recoup some picks if you if you traded him because they don't they're not going anywhere anyway so they, they need to get some assets back i think if you're going to try to build that thing um the last one he mentions on here is hassan reddick
2: so that was one of the weird stories this offseason where hassan reddick asked the eagles if he could pursue a trade and they granted him permission to pursue a trade. And then mm-hmm. a Reddick was like, I never asked this, that never happened. So I don't know what's going on there.
1: No, no, Yeah. No, I don't either. Do you think we will see a big deal, a big trade? I think it's yours. It's
2: becoming so much more and more prevalent in the national football league. So it feels like likely, yeah, you'll see a couple of moves of big names for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think for um, I think all of these are so specific to the situations of the of the teams that they're in. I I know that you put Jeff Justin Jefferson in something like this, and then it make because if Justin Jefferson isn't included in this, you and I aren't talking about it.
2: True. The only
1: reason we're talking about it is because Justin Jefferson's at the top of it, and he's yeah. going into last season. You would you could argue he was non quarterback best one of the five best position players in the league, and. He had established himself as the best receiver in the league. He was injury riddled last year. He was in mo- in many instances. He was McCaffrey was the number one fantasy pick, and Justin Jefferson was two. Yeah, or in some cases, he went one. Yeah, yeah. So like, but he he was an injury riddled season. Um, yes. But at the same time, like you had to your point, it's a very valid one and accurate one. Like, if Quaysey trades him, then what is he doing? Right. Like, what's the path? I, right, and
2: what's You have to remember when you get this job, like you, what getting it is hard, keeping it's harder. Mm -hmm. And often, when you are the person who wants to oversee some type of a major, massive rebuild, you don't get to. No, you don't get to see that. So, you want to make sure that doesn't happen to you that you set somebody else up with a bunch of picks that you don't get to make. I mean, to me, you keep Jefferson, you keep Kirk Cousins, you're probably going to
1: go to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's, that's why if you're, like, if you're Kwesi, do you think he took that job thinking he was going to oversee a rebuild? Or do you think he took that job? Like, it depends on what ownership I, wants.
2: I do think he thought he was going to oversee a rebuild, but then kind of the way the NFC crumble went, they decided to go for it. And, you know, then Kirk gets hurt. Jefferson gets hurt. And the crazy thing was they still weren't really out of it until very late in the season anyway. Right.
1: Yeah. And you just say like if he come if if he were to come back, if Cousins were to come back healthy, you you telling me they can't be right there in the NFC North?
2: Right. He'd be right there. Of course. There. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I like the Packers. Jefferson. I think the Packers are ascending. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think, you know, obviously the Lions are very very good and the Bears have a chance, I think, to get good quickly.
1: But So the interesting thing about the Bears is that's why they'll be the focal point of the combine this week because how quick – I mean, it, you watched C.J. Stroud, and you say – and he was going into a bad spot. like yep. Houston was not a good spot, but he elevated around it, and they had – he made players – maybe he made us realize players were better than we thought, like Nico Collins. Yep. Um You know, maybe, maybe his help. play – Tank Dell made us realize, oh, they, those guys were better than we realized down there, and, and his play elevated them. If Caleb Williams can be 85% of C.J. Stroud, that the Bears have upwards of 80-some million dollars in cap space. That's what I'm saying.
2: They could get good quickly. Quickly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> really quickly. Like, can you imagine if they actually would have hit on fields? Like, if yeah, they I knew know. what fields was, and they could trade Caleb Williams, the pick for Williams –
2: I know. I just think they never did a good job putting Caleb they didn't. putting Justin Fields in no. a
1: position to succeed. They failed as as big as you can fail. They did him a total disservice and to, and then furthermore to, to to not eliminate to not to bring Eberflus back it's just insanity. Yes. Like you had a chance to break free of all of it.
2: Yep. And they you blew Wait, it no. boy. Let's do it. Let's do some more of that.
1: Yeah, let's run this all back. We can't wait to run it all back. Um, but,
2: by the way, you mentioned coming in, speaking of fields, that he did a uh, a Mount Rushmore of Ohio State players. I haven't looked at this article. What can you tell? Are there parameters? I didn't either. Okay. So you don't know who he put either. on it.
1: So let's do this. Okay. We will do that and go around the sports world coming up next. What a tease. Okay? What about? There you go. Big T. Uh, by the way, yesterday on. On Curb, we had Little D and Big D. Described That
2: was was used so well.
1: So well. Incredible. So well. Yes, very, very well. Uh, You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily. Um, we we alluded to this. This was um, Justin Fields. He was on the St. Brown Brothers podcast, and yeah. um, he he did a um, a, a all time Ohio State Mount Rushmore. Uh, or who? I guess that's the setup. Was was this yeah. was his Ohio State Mount Rushmore? So let's have a listen.
3: What's your Mount Rushmore for Ohio State players? Like top
1: four?
0: Troy Smith, just because he won a Heisman. Boom. I got to give Zeke. Number two, Ted Ginn. I think he was going crazy at O-State.
1: Didn't Eddie George go to O-State?
0: Eddie George, yeah. That, that's the last one, too.
1: Archie Griffin. Please tell me he didn't go to O-State. Archie Griffin. He won two Heismans. Hold on. Yeah, he did. If he went to O-State, you didn't put him in? Like dang, that's crazy. This dude, Archie Griffin, won two Heismans and... He didn't name Archie Griffin.
0: What year? What year did he win the Heisman?
2: I don't care what years. Who won two Heisman's ever?
0: I'm not about to look up football history, this and that. I'm just not that kind of guy. Like
1: you don't love ball. You're like my brother. You don't love ball. I love it. Don't love ball. Like
0: I just don't understand how the person who won the Heisman in 1958 is, is gonna affect me.
2: I'm following football. Like he doesn't love ball. He doesn't want to see it in offseason. That's that's what it is. All
1: right. So here's the here's the part that's pretty troubling from the yeah. Ohio State side of this. Um Archie uh, Archie Griffin works at Ohio State yeah. every day. You walk into the Woody Hayes facility, and you have to walk by his two Heismans to walk in. So as Justin walked to practice or walked to film or walked to anything, he would have walked by the two Heismans. The fact that he thought Arch won the Heismans in the 50s as opposed to 74 and 75, is crazy that he wouldn't have had that better. And he doesn't even care. To me, no. that was like –
0: not
2: Pretty that you need to, to understand yeah. the history of the game, but I do feel like the top players always understand and respect the history of the game. And then to not even know the history or respect it of your alma mater and be like, somebody won the high- what does that have to do with me? Uh, that yeah. was – that was kind of off putting, to be honest with you.
1: Further, but yeah, all all I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think he blew this whole thing with these Saint Brown brothers. It's almost yeah. like he doesn't realize it was being recorded.
2: Yeah, you said that. I, that's that's wild to me.
1: Yeah, um, it it's made even it's exacerbated by the fact that I guarantee you Archie would have addressed that team at least once. Every year that Justin was there, in the two years he was there, for sure, he's around. He's omnipresent. He's around all the time. Like, that's wild to me. So, like, if you were,
2: when I was thinking about this, because before I heard his answers, I was thinking mm-hmm. Archie, mm-hmm. Eddie, George, yeah. And then after that, it got to get to the final two. Got a little bit tougher for me.
1: Orlando Pace. That's what should I was thinking. Won yeah and then I thinking- Pace, he finished top four in the Heisman um the most decorated offensive lineman you could argue in the history of college football he's on a short list number one pick in the draft yeah it's hard not to separate the college from the pro like it's hard to because Archie wasn't a great pro played at, but it was played for the Bengals um dominant was banged college up. what's that Dominant in college, yeah, for sure. Um, but like in the pros, he wasn't much. Um, he was smaller sized and and was ground out ground up pretty quick by the by the Bengals and and was injured and injured and that was kind of the end of it. But if you, if you're just judging on the college, Eddie, I think's the for sure answer. I think the fourth one's really hard. I think Archie, Eddie, and, and O'Pace are our locks, like he went Troy Smith. You could make an argument for Troy Smith, the Glenville product that, that he would be on it. Um, At the time he won the Heisman by the, by the highest, by the either the most votes or the highest percentage. Reggie Bush had one of the records and he had the other one. Okay. I can't remember which one was which, Um, but he he won by the highest, highest margin or the most votes record uh, at the Heisman that the problem for Troy is the last game is so brutal. Yeah. They just got boat raced by Florida and he was brutal in the game. And so that's kind of the the thing that's kind of hard. You want to go somebody from the urban era. But the problem is, is I mean, so probably Zeke is the correct answer. But it's also weird to like an Ohio State Mount Rushmore and not have anybody who played defense. And obviously I'm leaving coaches off. I'm leaving Woody off and in urban sure. interest. Like no coaches. But like to not have a defensive player on it is kind of strange. I, I don't know the one that you would put though. Like from the urban era, I don't know what if you were – Because it feels like that era needs to be represented. Joey Bosa, Chase Young. Chase Young was top three in the Heisman, top four in the Heisman. The other thing, the guy
2: who might end up being on it, honestly, is like of all the excellent skill players they've had, and they've had excellent ones, but like is Marvin Harrison Jr. a cut above?
1: Yeah, I think what hurts those guys, and it hurts CJ, and it hurts all of them, is this they didn't beat Michigan. Yep. You know, and so that just hangs around your neck. That's why Zeke is kind of an easy one because he was the best player in their run to the national championship. It'd be wild to have three running backs though, right? Yeah, it would be. It's strange to not have a defensive player. So then, like is but then do you take Eddie off? I don't know how you keep Eddie off. It feels like no, he's got to be on it. Yeah, and it feels like Oh Pace has to be on it. I mean, like you could go like Spielman, like they've had those type of guys. Laurenitis is the only three time consensus first team All American they've ever had. There's only like eight of those in the all of the sport that were that yeah um but he didn't win a national title either so that's kind of tricky like Doss was incredible but like I wouldn't he was not a Mount Rushmore guy right so it's tough to to come to try to find the sweet spot on the fourth I like Archie Eddie and O'Pace and Zeke's an easy one just because he won the Natty David Boston he was a dude (laughs) Joey Galloway David Boston Ted Ginn and they also had Terry Glenn in that era the 90s Ted was later in the 2000s but like Good grief. Like, they had a ton of talent on those teams in the 90s, but they always lost to Michigan. Um, did you see the uh, the Clippers' new rebrand this morning?
2: I did not. Let me pull that up right now.
1: It did a nice job. It's clean. Um, it's It's solid. Solid look. Better than so what they've had.
2: When you say it's a rebrand, is it – we're talking just unis?
1: Yeah, yeah. Logo okay. unis.
2: Keeping the name but changing everything else. I think there, if there isn't a ship involved, there is. Okay, good. Then I'm already pleased.
1: So it's got a nautical, it's like looking through a nautical telescope and then it's got a ship in the telescope. Oh, baby. Yeah. They're kind of cool. So this is, it's probably the best example of how much can money buy with branding, right? So Balmer bottom. He he's he they're gonna start playing next year in a two billion dollar stadium that he paid for that is state of the art. Like think about that. Two billion dollar basketball arena. Like you can yeah. get an NFL building for two billion. Dome. Man. And he built it for basketball. That's so wild. it's all interactive, all of this stuff. You're right on top of the crowd, on on the top of the court. Like it's it's a very specific environment that he's trying to build. But he's still the Clippers. Totally. So, like, what's the what's the best that can come of it?
2: I mean, they got to win. A lot. Yeah. These are pretty cool, man. The nautical the I flags like on the sides are mm-hmm. the nautical symbols for L, A, and C.
1: Yeah, I like them. Dude. I think is, they did a nice job. They did do a nice job. It was really yeah. good. Yeah.
2: Good. So, yeah. all I wanted, I wanted one thing. They delivered it.
1: Gebe or Uno, want probably Uno wants to know, why did they do this in the middle of the season? Probably to get to it so it was uh, – That's right. a good question. Normally it's in the offseason when you do this type of stuff.
2: Yeah, my guess is they did it in the middle of the season to – I don't know, will they have it ready for like the playoffs?
1: Probably will do it. I think they're going to launch it next year when they go into the new year. building. They've always shared the building with Staples. Yep. And the Lakers get all the primary dates. Like yep. Lakers get Sunday nights. Clippers always have to play like odd days and stuff. Cause the Lakers yep. run Staples. So next year they can do whatever they want. Okay. So they'll, they'll do it for next year. Why they would do it. The only thing I could think of is I think there's some talk that they could be getting an all-star game in the next couple of years. And maybe they wanted okay. to have the branding with that.
2: They should. I mean, new yeah. building, new era, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like it though. Sure. I, thought, I thought it was pretty well done.
1: Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, we will do the special teams position review. <laughs> really? I guess we are. We're going to do it. We're going to do it coming up next you to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: <sighs> They're going to be almost to Indy, right? At this point, if they were outside of Dayton at 1 o'clock, I mean, that's got to put them close. What? Yeah. If they're, yeah. If they yeah. were Dayton at one. That's an hour and a half. I mean, that's because Dayton's three. Yeah, they're close. They're, they're close. They're arriving. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Would be my guess. Yeah. Their arrival
1: so. is imminent. Yeah. Let's hope Gibby can get us the proper credentialing and such that we need.
2: I'm sure that he will be able to uh, –
1: credential us very nicely yeah that'll be that's going to be you get that done over there Gibbe, since you have your little bit of a head start on us there pal give a,
2: give a give a plus two
1: let's go hey, he's got two that's right yeah two of his boys with him uh by the way don't miss billy joel and ron stewart together for the first time ever on friday september 13th it's a cleveland brown stadium tickets are on sale now visit clevelandbrownstadium.com slash billy 2024 billy and rod Billy Joel, Rod together for one night only. Um, I do think that. I mean, you're probably well. Where will you be on September 13th? We're going so theoretically, then we're gonna go Brazil and then road game. Is that how <laughs> this is gonna go? Can why are you saying that? It feels I'm like fine it. Fine with it?
2: it, but I want to know like what it actually looks like. What does this actually mean? What does this actually look like?
1: I think you know what it looks like. I think you're going to – if you go to Brazil on a 10-hour flight, you're going to fly probably Tuesday. All right. That's, that's fine with me. That's my guess. Tuesday,
2: Tuesday would be totally fine with me. I would yeah. not want to go on Monday. Something like that. I don't think there's like any that. reason to be there. We don't need to go on Monday.
1: Well, you play Friday, right? Yeah. Go oh, Tuesday. You're going to go Monday. Go Tuesday. You're there Wednesday, Thursday. You play Friday. We needed a week to acclimate to play in Los Angeles. You might need 12 days. For Brazil. No, you're gonna practice
2: you'll practice Monday <laughs> and Tuesday. No. Fly out Tuesday, you'll practice it's again. It's ten Wednesday, hours Thursdays off.
1: You're not doing a ten hour flight. And just doing one practice. Dude. You're not gonna practice Tuesday. At best, your best case scenario, if we and do in fact play that day, is you're going to you're going to practice Monday morning and then fly. Uno says 25 minutes away.
2: So if you're on Must Friday a po- a is Sunday. Roll. Yeah. Thursday, Saturday. So Thursday's off. You practice Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, my guess is you practice you practiced Sunday, travel Monday, practice Tuesday, Wednesday there. Mm-hmm. That's terrible, Kenny.
1: <laughs> Come on now.
2: Come on now. <laughs> what do we need to go to Brazil for? A
1: 10-hour flight. That's no joke. That's no joke, brother. It's a long way. I don't care what the accommodations are. That's a long way, man. It's a very long way. Um, all right, so we're doing a, a special team. We're, we're being tasked with doing a special teams position review. Nick, can you confirm that there is no audio highlight of this? There better be. I do not see one.
2: I don't see are one in the you rundown. you kidding me? We put together the best calls of the year. Half of them were were Hopkins. special teams. Are you kidding me? It's, it's Hopkins. What are we doing? Let me tell you something. If Uno. I had, if what are
0: I had you doing?
2: Any kind of an in with the Indiana State Troopers, I would have them pulled over.
1: I would have them pulled over right now, immediately. Ticketed. I want, I want Uno in jail. Yeah, it's outrageous. How? What do you mean? There's what are you th- doing? It's already cut. All you had to do is repurpose what's already cut. Just repurpose
2: it. You had a you have a couple special teams turnovers, one from the Jets game. You got a bunch of Hopkins kicks. You got the Miles block, which was already cut.
1: <laughs> Instead, we'll, we'll we'll talk about the return to Charlie Hewlett, who we love, who's got right, the greatest. Is, here, I'm going to do this right. Training now. camp brandish. He has the greatest training camp job of all time.
2: I'm going to do this right now. D-Hop, first-team All-Pro, would have been there had he not gotten hurt. Bajorquez is a stud. Hope we can get him back. Pierre Strong showed a little bit of juice as a kick returner. Prochet came in. It was very nice. My guess is we we draft a, a kick returner or a punt returner. I thought Jalen Darden actually did a pretty good job as a punt returner as well. Uh, hopefully, you have the the money to sign Corey Bajorquez, Otherwise, you're going to be looking for a
1: punter again. There it is. Now, the problem is we have nine minutes. This is where the highlights would have come in handy. This, I mean – they were already cut. Uno, for God's sakes, man!
2: They're already cut. Cut. Come on, come on cut. Come on, cut. We already got him cut.
1: I mean, there are people least... out there listening. Know what we're doing with cut? Uh, I hope they do. If you know, you the know. First, if you know, you know. And the first time I saw it, I've never laughed harder. I probably watched it a hundred and ten times. Oh my goodness, it's so good. I couldn't stop watching it. Only
2: a Cleveland shout.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. do the Browns have room in the cap? This is another Uno. Uno was he must have been off just oh, he was it was his birthday Friday. Yeah, it was. So he's yeah, he probably worked about 2 hours on Thursday and so that's what leads to this. Uh do the and then of course they had to leave Brighton early. Do the Browns have room in the cap? Does the Browns have room in the cap space next year to retain Corey Beorge? You know, you just know. like we're in route. I am.
2: Do the Browns have room in the cap space cut? Come on, Shorty. <laughs> I think it could be like, do the Browns have room next year to retain Corey Borges or do they have the cap space? You could just cut room in to say, yeah. do the Browns have the cap space next year to retain Corey Borges? There you go. Yes, they do, but – Again, when you have a, sa- a roster like the Browns do, you have to make some tough decisions in some places. And my guess is a penny saved would be a penny earned somewhere else. So it depends what Corey is looking for. I don't know that the punter market's, like, lucrative. You know?
1: How important is finding a new punt returner if James Prochet can't return? Critical.
2: Dude. Udo. Can't go on. Must
1: go on. <laughs> Factor fiction. We threw fact. one of these in. Hopkins was the Browns' MVP last season. Fact. No. Gibby fact. is taking the blame, according to Uno. Fiction. Gibby is taking the blame. Well, what the hell was he doing? You, the blame for what? He's taking the blame for not having the audio. It's not I got a couple Uno. of cuts here, if you want them. Oh, do we? Oh, Nick's got him. Nick's got. Let's go. Nick's got it going. Wallace Legend. All right, let's go with the uh, Miles block uh, yes. versus the Colts. Yes.
3: Let's go, Sanchez. Nick sanchez kneels at midfield for this gay's got to try it from 60. it's blocked ball loose fight for denzel ward picks it up ward running across the indianapolis 30. that was miles garrett that blocked that field goal
2: and earlier this week Bubba Ventrone, after he had his presser was in our booth and i said Man, Miles Garrett, how about that? He said, we're going to block a kick this week. He called it. Miles goes in, blocks it. Denzel scoops it, and the Browns in business. That's absolutely incredible. When he was in high school, I think one year he blocked nine kicks and set a record in Texas. Just
3: a jump right over. He jumped right over the center. Oh, man. He went Superman. No contact. And Miles Garrett blocked it.
1: Very good. There you go. There's one. In fact, Nick's already got access to him. I uh, got another one right here. Let's go with, uh, you know, a couple weeks later, let's go with the uh, Dustin Hopkins versus the Ravens.
3: Three seconds left. The Cleveland Browns to win it. Down one, 31-30. Here's the snap. It's a good one. The hold is good. The kick is on its way, end over end, and it is good, but there's a flag on the field. Hold everything. I think it's going to be Kyle Hamilton jumping over, and it looked like he made contact
2: with the Brown trying to do the Miles Garrett. It looks like it. Joel Petonio celebrating. Yeah, the Browns
3: are celebrating. Fouls for illegal leverage. Field goal will count. This will end the game. And that will end the ball game. The Browns have won it 33 31. They've come from behind.
1: Great job, Nick. There Nick it is. is yeah, that's is great. what I'm talking and, about. And he even has one more. He's got oh, one yeah, more. He D-Hop against Pittsburgh. Let's do yes, it. sir.
3: Yeah. Five seconds to go. Here we go. Hewlett ready to put the ball back. Waiting. Snaps it back. Ball down. Hopkins into it. Flag down. Kick is up. And the kick is good. With two seconds left. There's a flag down. It looks like the Steelers were offside. Two seconds left. And Dustin Hopkins puts the Browns to hit
0: 13-10. Offside.
3: You bet. Defense. This penalty's declined. The field goal is good. Listen to Brown Stadium.
2: There you go. There it is. That's what, That's we're talking what we wanted. about? Now we're cooking with gas. Uno said that Gibbe takes the blame for not having a special teams highlight reel. He said he got less tired of listening to my highlights.
1: So what's, what, a crud. what Gibbe did there is – because this was neglected, he turned it on his dislike of you. Right. As it's, an all, excuse. it's his
2: fallback. It's his security blanket.
1: <laughs> oh God. Get
2: some new what, material. What, what if you
1: and I, I know they're all listening. What if you and I were just like, Yeah, we're we're just gonna go to the facility tomorrow. If we're what just, you and I just went to Berea
2: tomorrow. What if we just <laughs> drive there now and we'll sleep over well we're we're in the hotel here in Berea.
1: We're, here. Oh, is we're it the, here. Were we supposed to be in Indy? Yeah, I don't know. I
2: missed something. What if we just get like some of our friends to come and like run forties and like do vertical
1: jumps and we'll be like, we're at the combine. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Barstool did that today. Was, they did, did the a people. combine. Yeah, they good. did a combine. That's good. It was very, very good. All right, so there you go. There's your special teams review. I got one for you. I saw this today on. I think it was on the. Uh, is it foreplay? One of the uh, one of the Twitter golf sites. Yep. Pebble Beach, once a year for the rest of your life. The Masters once. Augusta National once. I'd play Augusta once. One time? Yeah. I can always pay to play Pebble once. Hold. Let me amend it now. I think that's the correct answer, by the way. Yep. How about all expenses paid weekend in Pebble, at Pebble, once a year the rest of your life? Or... All expenses paid. Augusta once, still Augusta.
2: Hopefully that I'm able Pebble. to have the necessary means, necessary means to make it
1: out to Pebble. Be a hell of a like thing to look forward to every year, though. Like it would be great. You fly but like, out on a Thursday, you play Friday, Saturday, fly out on a Sunday. Like you play two days out there and you're back. How am I gonna Pebble. cross
2: off? How am I? How am I gonna cross off Augusta? Otherwise, you're
1: not that far from it now. You're probably I as, feel pretty far. You're probably as close to Augusta as you've as you've ever been.
2: I'm the this is the second closest I've ever been. The closest is when I worked for McKinsey and we consulted for the Masters and if I had come back because I was I would have been put on that one because I was the best golfer and then I would have had it then you would have gotten to play it the day after.
1: So you gotta play the media round. Yeah. 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 The year that I told this story about going to the Super Bowl, that same station went to the Masters every year. We skipped it one year right before I got there because the sports director had died and they didn't have anybody to send. Yeah. Um. And so the, um, we missed it once and then they took us off the list. We didn't go once. We went like 30 years in a row. And we were CBS affiliate, all of that. And the if you cover the Masters, they have the Masters lottery that if you cover it, you can play that Monday. And it's a lottery that's kind of rigged. Like everybody, they make sure everybody gets a chance. Yeah. To do it. So that was as close as 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 I ever got. Certainly not as close as you did at McKinsey and I feel like you're close now. No.
2: No, I'd like to be cl- I, I'd like what you're saying to be true. Like, let me ask you, in my uh in this Pebble thing, all expenses yeah. paid Do are they sending a plane for me?
1: First class. Eh. That's pretty good. There's it direct is to San Francisco. Good. You're caring down. Good, but you know Do you need do you need a car? You want a car service? I get you car service down to Pebble from San Francisco. Yeah, got to have a car. Yeah, we'll get you a Get you a little car service down to Pebble. How many? That papers? would be pretty do I get great. To bring
2: a foursome. I think so. Okay. Right, maybe I'll do that
1: and roll. That my, would be and a, hope
2: that I can and roll the my dice to
1: Augusta somehow. Yeah, because I don't. It's funny. Like Augusta seemed untouchable. Yeah. And I don't know that it. I don't think it's untouchable. Although like the point now where you the, know the mem- person you know that mem- we're
2: referring to that we yeah. know has been there. It's not like we're seeing him there on the rag. No 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 no. No, but the world gets smaller as you get older. It does, you know, and yet it also gets bigger. It's a paradox.
1: Really is so much more to come. (laughs) You're listening to Cleveland Browns daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns daily brought to you by Ballybet, Now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Mount Rushmore, uh, JTR, these are all his potential four-spot. Chris Gamble, Troy Smith, Terrell Pryor, Chris Carter, A.J. Hawk, Zeke, Malcolm Jenkins, Pepper Johnson, Mike Doss, Paul Warfield. It's got to be somebody from the urban era. So I think it's going to have to be Zeke. I know that's overwhelmingly offense, but hey, that's probably what it's got to be. Are we going to go, or should we just let them sort it out? I'm, I ride with you, brother. You tell me. All right. I'll see you in Berea tomorrow. All right, perfect. The next level's next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.